Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of What's the Biz with Liz. My name is Liz and I'm here to give you a little something called the bits. Okay. Um, and today's episode, tonight's episode, is going to be a little bit different from the norm. And I am going to be talking about a real life case and a true crime, so to speak. I recently got really into true crime, um, true crime podcasts. Not podcasts, plural, just one podcast. Um, If you guys haven't heard it, I strongly recommend it. Although it is very frustrating because you just, you don't know. You don't know. And it's because the case is like still unsolved or whatever. But then you listen to it and you're like expecting some kind of resolution. You're like, oh, it has to be solved somewhere. It's not. It's very frustrating. But the podcast that I'm like talking about is called Serial. It's found wherever podcasts are found. And specifically, it is Serial Season 1. And it's talking about... Well, it discusses Adnan Saeed and um, Hey Min Lee. I believe that's Hey Min Lee. So Adnan Saeed was a kid who got accused of murdering his ex-girlfriend, Hey Min Lee. Now, and the whole, the whole podcast is just about his trial, the evidence, the lack of evidence, and just... It is a wild ride, and I am telling you, it was riveting. I was on the edge of my seat, in my car mostly, because I was listening to it, driving to and from work. It was like, I couldn't stop listening to it. It was really good, and it kind of made me want to talk about um, a particular case, and... I hope it do it justice. I hope it's very on the vibe of true crime podcasts and any other cases that I find interesting. I kind of want to, you know, talk about it and share share with class. That's again, this is Professor Liz. Class is now in session. <clears throat> so, so I am going to talk about the case of Tatiana Tarasov. And this is Tatiana Tarasov versus um, versus the California Board of Regents. Okay. Um, if you guys didn't know, okay, I don't know. I don't. If you guys didn't know, I want to be a therapist. I want to be a psychologist. It is my passion. It is my dream. It has been embedded in my brain ever since I can remember. I feel like it is my purpose here on this earth and I am here to heal. This is, I, there's nothing in this world I am more passionate about than therapy, mental health, seeking therapy. And I advise every single human being that I have ever met to go to therapy. We, we all, myself heavily included, need therapy. We need someone to talk to 
about our traumas, our triggers, our sufferings, our pain. We need to talk about this because we were not equipped with the tools to handle this shit. Therapy is not a magic wand. It is not a snap of a finger and all of your traumas, your suffering, and your pain is going to go away. That is, that is not what therapy therapy do like therapy is it's not what therapists do it's not that therapy and therapists are there to give you the tools to be able to handle this shit that we call life to handle the suffering the pain the trauma the triggers and our unhealthy coping mechanisms we as adults have a duty to fix these things to address these things and we cannot use our traumas as like a defense I'm an asshole because of what happened to me as a child. I cannot show emotion or tell someone I love them because I wasn't loved as a child. We as adults have have the tools to be able to fix these things. We can no longer say and be and play victim. You are not a victim of what happened to you. If you want to wallow in that and just use that as an excuse and a crutch your whole life, this happened to me, so I'm this way. And I'm always going to be this way. Then you are not evolving as a human. And I think that therapy is a great tool for you to recognize what no longer serves you. So coping mechanisms that worked for you before, saved you before from that trauma, it's not working for you now, boo. So we have to be better and do better for ourselves, for our children, for our friends, our family members, and the people we love to fix it, to get the tools to fix it. Because this shit is fucking hard. (laughs) And to be able to be a good human being and a functioning member of society, we can no longer play the victim card. We are adults. We need to act accordingly. So I recommend therapy to every single person I meet. Because we need to fix ourselves. We need to heal ourselves. And that is the first step. And we all have insurance now. I mean, we should. I think we get penalized in our taxes if we don't. Seek it. Learn from it. Get the tools you need to become a better person for you, for your family, for everyone around you. Again, this is what I'm here to do. 
and you know you guys could call me professor class is now in session and again therapy is one of my things i love oh i love so much i love so much and this anyways back to the point let's drive it on home so in my abnormal psychology class we learned about tatiana tarasov's case and what came out of her unfortunate and unnecessary murder so i am going to talk about this case and um, i'm going to talk about what came out of this case and what happened to the person who committed said case (laughs) so in 1967 tatiana Tarasov was attending the University of California at Berkeley, UC Berkeley, and it is there that she met um, a foreign exchange student. His name was Prasenjit Padar. Prasenjit Padar was a foreign exchange student from India, and they met during a line dancing class. Tatiana was friendly and danced with him, talked to him, laughed with him. And they had a friendly friendship and a lot of banter back and forth. And Prasenjit didn't have any prior relationship experience or any other relationships or interactions with the opposite sex until Tatiana and so he became enamored not only did he become enamored he became infatuated he became fixated he started to believe that they were in an intimate relationship he would tell his friends that they were together and that Tatiana was his girlfriend. Now, Tatiana did not see him in that light. She was friendly with him. She liked his company. She enjoyed his company. They would talk and they would have brief interactions. And in these brief interactions, Prasenjit got it into his head that they were in full-on boyfriend-girlfriend mode. Now, Tatiana had to explain to him and let him down gently, basically stating, we are, no, we are not in a relationship. We're not in an intimate relationship. I do not wish to be in an intimate relationship. And I don't see you in that light. This was very confusing for him. And he took that very, very hard. And I do believe that they shared a kiss around New Year's Eve, 1968. And so because they shared that kiss, that just further stamped in his head, oh, there is a chance, there is a romantic relationship that's going to happen. Now, that was not the case. And she had to let let him down. And when she let him down he started to spiral. He started to have 
a lot of paranoia. He felt like all of her friends, all of his friends were laughing at him. And he was, he was hurt. He was sad. He, his ego was bruised. Everything. He just didn't understand why she didn't return his love. And it was a classic case of unrequited love. And so it got really bad. It got so bad to the point where Prasenjit started to see the school counselor. The counselor realized very quickly on that he was suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. So the counselor then moved it up to Dr. Moore. Dr. Moore was a psychologist. Now, this is where it gets really kind of fucked up. So Prasenjit has started to tell Dr. Moore in detail that he was going to harm Tatiana Tarasov. Okay, paranoid, schizophrenia. This is what happens. You start you start to come up with scenes and scenarios and you just you don't know how to deal with it so he expressed several times to dr moore that he wanted to kill her he had to kill her he wanted to blow up her house blow up her block he made very very real threats to kill her he was angry he was filled with rage and he didn't understand why he was being rejected okay and the psychologist was very worried now if you guys don't know about a psychologist's relationship there is a doctor patient confidentiality Whatever you say in a doctor's office, whatever you say to a priest, whatever you say to a mental health professional, it is in confidence. Okay. And so he said this. It 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 was very concerning. So Dr. Moore even consulted two other psychologists and psychiatrists and they examined him and then they also diagnosed him with um, paranoid schizophrenia it got to the point where they reported this and they wanted to involuntarily hold Prasenjit and they called campus police campus police was issued a pickup order he was found and questioned, and then the police determined that he was not a risk to Tatiana. They let him go. Okay, At that point, Prasenjit was upset that the doctors were trying to, you know, put him away. And so he stopped going to therapy. Now, nowhere during this time did Dr. Moore or any of the psychologists or the psychiatrists or the campus police notify Tatiana Tarasov's 
parents or herself that someone was making these threats against her. These very real, very dangerous threats from a paranoid schizophrenic person. Okay, around that time, there was no law that was in place that could notify someone if they were in imminent danger. That is fucked up. So fucked up because her shit, like, her death could have been prevented. Okay? So, two months later, after he stopped there, after he stopped therapy, he walked over to her house with the pellet gun and a knife, shot her with the pellet gun, and stabbed her 17 times. 17 times. Again, this man threatened to kill her, made it aware that he was going to kill her. They diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia. Diagnosed him with it. And did not tell anyone in her immediate circle or her about the danger. Okay, so Tatiana died on October 27th, 1969 for pure negligence. So Tatiana's parents sued the university, the therapist, and the police for negligence. The case went all the way up to the California Supreme Court and they found that the defendants were negligent in not notifying Tarasov that she had been a subject of homicidal threat. And this is where Tarasov's rule or law came into play. The court ruled on that day, um, not on that day, but in like 1985, the court ruled that the therapist is liable and they have a duty to inform. Okay, what that means is if there is, if a patient of yours, you are a therapist, you are a psychologist, you are a psychiatrist, if someone is making viable threats, homicidal threats to a person, you have the duty to inform. Not only the person that the threats are being made to, to the people around them and to law enforcement. You you have that right. And That is so crazy to me that it took a murder of a young woman to come up with this law. So, 
The Tarasov rule states, when a therapist determines or pursuant to the standards of his profession should determine that his patient presents a serious danger of violence to another, he incurs an obligation to use reasonable care to protect the intended victim against such danger. The judgment of a therapist in diagnosing emotional disorders and in predicting whether a patient presents a serious danger of violence is comparable to the judgment which doctors and professionals must regularly render under accepted rules of responsibility. You have to protect an intended victim. And she could have been protected. She wouldn't have opened that door. If she had known that she was... That she was being threatened by this person. That was infatuated with her and fixated on her. If she had known that he was suffering from paranoid schizophrenia she wouldn't have opened that door. She wouldn't have opened that door. She wouldn't have been shot with the pellet gun and stabbed 17 times. And that is crazy to me. That she lost her life because of pure negligence. That is crazy. And what's even crazier is what happened to Prasenjit Podar. He was subsequently convicted of second-degree murder. It was unfortunately appealed, and the conviction was overturned on the ground that the jury was inadequately instructed. So, Prasenjit Podar was then released on the condition that he would return to India. This man who murdered a girl, a young girl, at UC Berkeley, who had her whole future ahead of her, was released to go back to his country in India. And he went on to get married to an Indian girl. Funny enough, he married a lawyer and has a family and got to live the rest of his life with zero consequences. That is so beyond insane to me. That someone who suffers from paranoid schizophrenia, who intended harm on someone, and then carried out a pre-planned murder, because he planned on murdering her, got away with it, and lived a happy life. I don't know if he's dead or alive right now. But I just think that is 
one of the most infuriating things. If I was her family, to see the person that murdered your child get off and be sent to another country to live out the rest of his life in peace and harmony? What? What? That's crazy. That's crazy to me. It's crazy. And that is injustice for you. A young woman lost her life because a man was obsessed with her and could not take rejection and stalked her and murdered her in her own home and then goes to India and just lives a happy life. The only good thing that came out of this is her rule, which is a Tarasov rule, which is a duty to protect or a duty to warn for mental health providers. Before that, they couldn't break that doctor-patient confidentiality. But now, because of this case, and because of all of the shit and everyone who dropped the ball, and a, like a life was lost, there's this rule in place that therapists have a duty to protect, a duty to warn. And if anyone has been a victim of stalking, of unwanted advances and unrequited love, like, you know how tricky it is to maneuver that. Especially as a woman, to tell a man, a grown-ass man, no, and not knowing what's going to happen and as someone who has been I don't like to use the word victim because I refuse to identify myself as a victim but as someone who has experienced stalking in two and a half situations and as someone who has been on the other end of someone mistaking friendliness for something way more this is one of my biggest fears in life me saying no to the wrong man me saying no thank you to the wrong man and him taking it upon himself to end my life because of that and if you've ever gone through that type of you don't want that kind of attention and if you've ever been on the receiving end of it and I know a lot of women and probably some men too where someone mistook you being nice for something more and made more of your relationship than what it was it's a very unnerving and scary place to be
and everyone failed Tatiana. Everyone. She should not have died that day. And he should not have been able to go on with his life like nothing happened. Our system is so fucking flawed. So fucking flawed. And I don't know if I did this story justice. I hope I did. I hope you guys got interested in this case. I hope you guys look it up. I hope you guys look up her law. Um, It just always stuck with me. Especially since I've experienced it. Not obviously not to that extent, but I've experienced it. Like I've experienced some form of it. It's, it just always stuck with me. And she deserved better. She deserved more. And she deserved justice. Her family deserved justice. Listen, I don't know if you guys are religious, but there's a special place in hell for that man. If he's not living in hell right now, Lucifer got a special place for him. I just know it. I just know it. And I'm <laughs> I'm sorry that this went all dark. Um, but this is it for this episode of What's the Biz with Liz. We try to dip our toes <laughs> into a little bit of true crime. I hope I did this story justice. Um, yeah, and that's it. <laughs>